Come on, there must be something we can do. Oh, hello everyone. Sorry, we're in a bit of trouble by here. You see, the randomizer's given us the name of today's episode, but it's a title that was used in more than one show, and it hasn't given us the series name. Any luck with that yet, Jim? Come on. Come on, will ya? Oh, it's no use to keep mashing the button. What was the episode title again? Collision Course! Right, so it's either Lavender Castle or Space 1999, but we don't know which. Listen, it's coming straight for us. But we still don't know what series it is! It's too late. Here she comes! Hang on! Oh no! Oh! Oh, so it was Space 1999. Not sure what all the fuss was about. Who was worried? I wasn't worried. Anyway, we're opening with the Alphans, uh, sending eagles out to destroy this uh, asteroid. I love these eagles with the uh, uh, carrying the, the nuclear charges, just the, the basic space frame with a great big hook underneath. Uh, yes, welcome back to Space 1999 Season 1. We haven't been here since, uh, well, since Halloween, I believe, with uh, Force of Life. And I feel like Space 1999 probably isn't appearing as often as it perhaps statistically should. Um, thanks to the, the number of episodes, 48 episodes, we don't seem to be getting through them very quickly. I think this and, uh, and Four Feather Falls aren't perhaps appearing as often as they, they should, but uh, it'll all be here before too long. The problem's in the main booster. Anyway, you won't be surprised to hear that Alan's eagle is broken. Gotta make it. We need 12 nuclear explosions to guarantee the chain reaction that will destroy the asteroid and avoid a collision. Using mm. the timeline, Commander. Alan needs a minute. There's the uh, backstory. I also noticed the very first shot of main mission, there was a, a, a boom mic quite visible in the top left corner of the screen. Delay the blast 40 seconds. Can't do it. We've got to destroy that asteroid. And timing's vital to avoid being caught in radiation from the blast ourselves. Delay the blast for 40 seconds. And so here we have uh, Alan, one of, I think, probably the earliest examples of All the way, Commander. what I like to feel is Anderson pushing back against critics that um, with the live action shows that uh, worry about perfection just get in and get out though well, the stars of these show they're they're you know they're they're human but they may as well be puppet for all the emotion they show <laughs> which I think he was always kind of aware of and this is one of the first instances I think of him trying to to fight back against that I could be wrong I, I possibly probably even he had no uh oh. Jam. Something else on Alan's eagle is broken. Yep, yeah, probably he had nothing to do with this. But uh, here we have this scene of uh, you know the asteroids hurtling towards the moon, and Alan stuck on it trying to get his uh, his nuke dropped. Got to have it there, or else we'll all die. And Koenig is getting more and more distraught at the thought that uh, they might have to set the charges off before Alan can get clear. Ultimately, ending with him crying, which. Some people have um, have criticised over the years. Ah. Oh, that's Alan's solution to uh, to the problem of the broken thing. If you break more stuff, then uh, it sort of balances everything out. Theoretically, the uh, the broken thing will become unbroken. Yeah, it, it it's it's an odd moment. I get what they're trying to do, but um, she's going. I don't know that it really works to have Koenig in tears like this. Maybe this is just something that Martin Landau brought. This, this was an idea all his own. Maybe this wasn't in the script. It's an interesting angle. 13 seconds. Thanks. But he's crying almost as if it was like Helena he was about to lose. Good luck. Red alert. 
You know, I don't think we'd see him crying like this over Paul or, or Kano. Or even Victor. So I don't know why Alan gets the... Uh, Activate radiation screens. Gets the tears and the, oh, the, the face palm there. Anyway, Alan's clear. Three. Counting down to another big explosion. One. Activate. So we're back from the opening titles, and uh, yep, the asteroid has been successfully destroyed. We now have a lovely radiation cloud, as we have our episode titles. Screenplay, Antony Turpilov. Um, it's it, it was it's an exciting opening, actually, you know, being sort of thrown into a situation that we, we don't really know anything about and we have to discover. Come in, Eagle One. No, he didn't stand a chance. Oh. Thanks, Victor. Small sections. Getting them now, sir. Oh. Come in, Eagle One. Koenig's still upset about losing his BFF. Alan, do you read me? Radiation screens at full power now. Full power confirmed. <gasps> Tanya dialogue confirmed. Must be grateful we got this far. Yeah, it, it, it's an it's an exciting opening. It's an interesting opening, but um, an eagle one. I wonder about the size of the asteroid relative to the moon and relative to Alpha. Was it literally bearing down on the base? Sandra, I want a scanner report. Because that's that would be pretty unlucky for them. What about the orbital satellites? Their transmissions cannot penetrate the radiation cloud. Why do we have orbital satellites? Medical section reports 14 casualties. Radiation? No. Conventional injuries only so far. Severed limbs and then the usual, you know, it's fine. Don't worry. Victor, if you're trying to tell me I made the wrong decision, tell me that. If you're trying to tell me that I'm wasting my time trying to reach Alan out there through that radiation cloud, tell me that. But if you're telling me that you don't think Alan is alive out there, I don't want to hear that. God, I love Alan this week. He's, he's everything to me, Victor. Where is this coming from? Alan, can you hear me? Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. I think I just spotted um, the the legs of possibly a, a stand of, of some kind, possibly like a light reflector or something. There was like the legs of like a tripod or something were just visible in a shot there. Anyway, Koenig has had an idea. Pressing lots of buttons. Nobody knows what the heck he's doing, but he gets to do all this because he's the commander. There it is. Still getting our own orbital satellite identification signal. Yes, but that is on the interstellar frequency band. Exactly. Which Alan doesn't have. So it doesn't help him at all. We equip an eagle with one and send it up through that radiation cloud. We can establish three-way contact between it, Alan, and Alpha. Have there been any mention of orbital satellites around the moon before this? Or after even? I don't... Commander, we're at risk from radiation here in Alpha. This feels like it's something they've just invented for this episode. There's radiation screens and so do the eagles. It's effective against certain classes of radiation that we know about, but out there there's a kind of radiation we know nothing at all about. Victor. Shouldn't it just be nuclear radiation if you nuked it? Paul, put it on pad two. Nah, it's magic space radiation. I have four warning lights here for the secondary systems. But they're minor. I say we disregard them. I agree. Otherwise, yeah, you can you can normally ignore warning lights on eagles. Generally, they're gonna be okay. You don't have many problems with these things. Yeah, I do like the um, the sort of clouds of space radiation and space dust on on some of these model shots. We have lift off. Visibility nil. No instruments. Visibility nil, and he has no idea where Alan is, or even if he is alive at all. It defies logic. Yeah, it's a thing called faith. 
Well, you're suddenly on board with the plan you weren't on board with a few minutes ago. That's also a shot of uh, of Sandra there, uh, which appears in the opening titles. Xenia Merton um, knocking a prop lamp over, which is clearly you know a, a blooper, but um, because it's sudden, quick, exciting action, they put it in the this episode sequence in the titles. I always like it when they do things like that. Eagle One, do you copy? Oh, there's the great Lummox. Yep, he survived. Couple of cuts and scrapes. A lady whispering in his ear. But he's had worse. You're quite safe now. And I believe this is an episode that makes quite a lot of use of uh, old Joe 90 music. This is Joe 90 music here. Eagle One, do you copy? I think I said this is music that I, uh, when I was at university, I, I, I provided this for a, f a film that we did, and uh, luckily nobody queried where it came from. Our wedding is still on. Oh, he's he's grinning like a little girl. Steer us to your position. I mean, I, I kind of get it, it. Kind of fits the sort of long-term arc of both seasons. You know, Alan being there right to the end. He's not receiving us. And by the end, he is he is a a close buddy of Koenig's. But this just feels too early for this kind of. Obsession with Alan. Of course, computed and programmed. I haven't got his position yet. I have. Especially in the original UK broadcast order. I think this was broadcast as like episode four. Something ridiculous like that. There he is. Yay. Marking procedure checked and programmed. I like that they've gone to the trouble of um, scorching the the model of uh, Alan's eagle. It looks all... Uh, all blackened at the rear end, um, which makes sense because the explosion would have come from the rear as as Alan flew away. Yeah, where's that one, sixteen twelve? Where's a uh, slightly singed eagle from collision course? Well done, sir. You hold it steady. I'm going in there. And I'm going to be a while. I I need some alone time with him. He's very dear to me, you know. There's some unusual angles on Alan here as he keeps hearing this uh, lady's voice. What's that he's seen? Oh, suddenly he's somewhere else. Black cloaked figure. Who are you? A friend. Bye bye. How is he? He's alive but unconscious. And beautiful. The effort of that docky must have been too much for him. Uh oh. My God. Commander? Commander, what's wrong? Commander! This is something sort of very TV, rather than just saying what's wrong. Koenig doesn't reply, so Paul has to go over to the other eagle. Return to base. Why? Because there's another great big planet in the way. Only this time it's a planet. A massive planet. There's no getting away with this one, Paul. That was some old supercar music, actually. How did Paul not notice that from his eagle cockpit? But Koenig, well, Koenig, Koenig can sort out everything. He's the man, isn't he? Thanks, Paul. Stay with him till the medics arrive. Then report to my office. What was that little box that Koenig just checked? 
running out of time. He opened a little box. Oh, he still got it with him. Or is that like a black box recorder from the Eagle? Probably something I've waffled over. Victor, are we in trouble? Yes, but if you hadn't gone out there, we wouldn't have known anything about this planet till it hit us. We never would have known. Probably been better off. Well, I've been thinking. Oh, good. I've had today. Yay. <laughs> How's that one? Clean as a whistle. No radiation. No radiation. What are we going to do about it? One thing's for sure. We won't be able to destroy it like we did the asteroid. Aww. My guess is it's 30 times the size of the moon. 34. And it is on a collision course. Impact will be in 105 hours and some 13 minutes from now. Hmm. I noticed actually, um, as Koenig entered main mission there, there was uh, a couple of people had uh, coffee cups around, but there was someone who had like a, a sort of orange plate with what looked like it might be uh, something bread or, or biscuity or a croissant on there. It's nice that they're allowed snacks in main mission while they're working. Anyway, Alan has been transferred to the medical center. There's a, a female extra there, a nurse who's helping uh, lift him off the gurney, who I don't think you see again until season two, and then she's quite prominent in season two. She's like a prominent member of the command center staff. Her name's Glenda Allen. How about this? Hmm? We alter our own trajectory by setting up a blast on the other side of the moon. We recreate by design the accident that originally blasted us out of the Earth's orbit. Save the planet the trouble by blowing ourselves up. We survived it once. By a miracle. Isn't that exactly what we're asking for? Fine, but don't ask computer to work it. Easy. And of course, that was a solution that seemed to come up for a while in season two. It seemed to come up every other week. We'll just blow up these other nuclear waste dumps that we've never mentioned before. The, uh, the principle of Paul's suggestion is dead right. But I love all this. Victor with a, a, a dry white board or a, a big board he can draw a plan Let on. We make a force between ourselves and the planet. Another boom mic got into shot there as well. Clear charges like mines moored in space and make a shock wave between the moon and the planet which might force them apart, change their trajectory. Makes a lot of sense. It's okay when Victor suggests it because he's got a diagram and he makes convincing hand gestures. Sandra, what have you learned about the planet? It has an atmosphere. But it is not ideal. Temperatures range from a high of approximately 10 degrees centigrade to minus 30. So it is almost certain that some kind of life could exist there. Yeah. Question is, what kind of life? We'll bombard that planet with every kind of communication we can devise. Paul, you've overlooked something. That includes semaphore, Paul. You're going to have someone out on the surface with semaphore flags. This comes from the onboard computers on my eagle. If we want to glean more information from that planet, it means a reconnaissance flight. That means me going alone, because I'm so damn heroic. Question is, can that planet withstand a collision with the moon? Oh. How long is a piece of string? Well, I think I know, Victor. You see, I'm going to go out there and take a look at that planet. Meantime, you start Operation Shockwave. If I find that planet's habitable, we'll have to make a spot decision as to whether we chance an evacuation. And of course, I'm going along because I'm so damn heroic. Oh, Alan's got a visitor again. Who are you? A friend. I wonder if this is Margaret Leighton in this scene. If um, I gather she wasn't too well, and um, I can't imagine they they would have wanted to move her out of that throne to have her standing around in medical center like this. Why have you come to me? I like the reveal of this, though. Where have you come from? You are quite safe now. Who are you? I mean, it looks like it could be Barbara Bain under that sheet, which would make sense considering what we're about to discover, but it looks slightly too old. Who are you? 
But it doesn't look like Margaret Leighton either. But of course it really is. Oh. Where are you? Come back. Don't leave me now. Nurse. Take me with you. Oh. Take me to your people. <laughs> oh, hysterical Alan is funny. I also remember when this episode was shown on uh, ITV4 in the UK. It, um, they cut the beginning of that sequence. Everything with Ara was cut and it just went straight to that Oh, where are you? What's going on? From Alan, which made it even funnier. That was no nightmare. Now, how the hell can you be so sure? Because I know my job. Look, except for Alan, both you and Paul have had the greatest exposure. Look, I'm not hallucinating. Okay, maybe maybe my reaction was a bit hasty, but so is your assessment. My That's love for you, Helena. I love Alan. Look, I think he has been affected. If I'm right, then you've got to be suspect. Now, too. look, Helena. Yes, Paul. Reconnaissance Eagle ready on pad four. Co-pilot Pierre Daniel is standing by. Thanks, Paul, but I'm going alone. You're not going out again. Not without co-pilot Pierre Daniel. Oh. A rather flamboyantly named character that we never actually get to meet because, of course, Koenig has to go off and do the whole thing by himself. Main mission. This is Koenig calling on interstellar frequency. How do you read? Very loud and very clear. Which I know has to, has to be the way it is in order for the rest of the plot to function as it does, but... How's Operation Shockwave coming along? It is. It does get rather tiring that there's nobody on this show who ever says, hey, you're the commander. Your job is supposed to be to stay here. We have other competent Eagle pilots. Um, Position. Alpha main none of them have names as yet, but uh, they do exist. Anyway, Koenig is approaching the nice yellow blobby planet. Ooh. What's this coming towards him? Well, it's a spaceship model that looks uh, we read you, Commander. rather like the uh, the NASA space shuttle. I'm a spaceship heading right towards me. Tremendous velocity. I'm taking evasive action. I'm I'm gonna wobble the ship a bit. Oh, the wobbling is having no effect. Why doesn't he open fire? It's strong enough to drag him towards it. It could be strong enough to stop his lasers. It's a very nice. Uh, spaceship model this. It does look a bit like the, the old space shuttle and uh, it's got this beak thing on the front that opens up and swallows his eagle whole. Secret service music there. We're, Barry Gray was, uh, was digging through his old uh, music library with this one. There's a slim chance he may have survived even inside that other ship. So we can't attack. Operation Shockwave, do we go on with it? Oh, we must at least go on with the preparations. Moonbase Alpha, do you read me? So Koenig's Eagle is now aboard the alien spaceship. All power seems to have gone. Main mission, this is Koenig, do you read me? Do you read me? But something makes the door open of its own accord, which is rather sinister. I like, I like actually how effectively creepy the Eagle looks when, uh, when all the lights are turned out like this. Especially because the door opened really slowly there. And this is more old Joe 90 music, which I believe has been slowed down um, for this scene. Which I suppose helps make it creepier. It's a, it's a familiar piece of music to, to us longtime fans, given a, a slightly unfamiliar twist. Mm. 
Koenig has now been locked out of the Eagle. Off to explore the spaceship. Which has a lot of cobwebs around. So maybe it's a ship they don't use very often. And here we are in uh, the throne room. Again, lots of cobwebs all over the place. It's uh, it's a bit Miss Havisham-y, but uh, it's not Im as important as... Who's that shadowy figure at the far end of the room? And much of this room, particularly this, uh, this throne of ours, was reused. Um, I think in the second series, this is uh, the, uh, the Archon, Patrick Troughton's character in the Dorkons, uses this throne as well. It's much cleaner when he has it, is there? Not, not as many cobwebs on it. And here we get our first full proper glimpse of Margaret Layton, who I gather was... I have waited a long time to meet you, John Koenig. ...was rather unwell when this was filmed, um, and she didn't really know what she was saying. She just went in and said it. Theria. The planet whose course has so terrified you and your people. But it kind of works. I, I like the sort of sadness. I expected you of this character but also there's there's a bit of venom and a bit of uh see your destiny has always been our destiny a bit of well that kind of talk as well a bit of mystical nonsense thrown in oh poor john koenig how you belittle yourself in the scheme of things and yet how small you are to be so great i thank you i should very much like to know my place in the scheme of things. Particularly my greatness. Our two planets. I've always suspected it, but it's nice to have it confirmed. Your time for the great purpose of mutation. We shall change utterly. You and I are two vital drops in the boundless ocean of time. I can see why Margaret Layton would struggle with a lot of this dialogue, because it is... It is very vague, it is very flowery, it is very, um, well, a lot of it is just nonsense. Question of the destiny of man. Although this is nice. Please be more specific. What will happen to us? You shall continue on. Your odyssey shall know no end. You will prosper and increase in new worlds, new galaxies. Audio series. Populate the deepest reaches of space. Yeah, I love all that. I really love that stuff. It has more weight to it than, uh, than a lot of the other things she says. The gene of which I and my people are a part shall mutate. We shall become immutable. For time inconceivable. And what must I do to help you achieve all of this? Nothing. I'm afraid I'm right. As always. Or not, of course, I don't get much credit around here, but... In the exact position where we plan to lay our minds and create shockwaves. Tanya, give all cargo-carrying eagles lift-off clearance. Yes, Paul. More Tanya dialogue. We're inside that alien spaceship. There's no need to state the obvious. But it's 
all I can do if I'm not a medical center. I have to state the obvious. Oh, now Helen is sad. Everybody's sad. Even Paul's moustache is sad. Main mission to all cargo eagles. Move towards the alien spaceship. Coordinates for the nuclear charges will be transmitted shortly. No other way. Not that I know of. More old Joe 90 music. This is great. I love it, mid, this sort of mid-series mid period of the first season of Space 1999, where Barry Gray suddenly discovers all this old music he has and decides that uh, he's going to plaster it all over all this. Your friends are dangerously concerned about you. They are making elaborate plans which could destroy the ship. They must do nothing. Are you asking me to tell them to do nothing? How can I do that? They need facts, logical explanations. They're all, all of them, logical men and women. What you tell me sounds magnificent here, in this chamber and from your lips. But how will it sound of the cold light of Moonbase Alpha? They'll never believe me. They already think I'm suffering from radiation sickness. They simply will not believe me. That is the test of your command. Uh-oh. Are you unfit to play the part for which you have been destined since the beginning of time? Well... I have faith in you, Jean Koenig. Oh, here's a, here's a line. Here's a line. What is faith against the fact of imminent collision? I hate that line and I don't know why. I'll need to know more. I... I'll need to know what you are going to do. This one's better, though. I go to shape the future of eternity. And I need your help. So, that's the end of our meeting with Ara. And, um, yeah, I... That's just thrown a sort of massive spanner into everything regarding the rest of, of this episode. Uh, you know, putting aside the, the, you know, our planet crashing into your moon, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Okay, can just about buy that, but um, expecting him to be able to convince everybody she stubbornly refuses to assist in any way in that front, you know, if she, you know, if she could just record like a quick video message on his comlock, possibly? Shape the future of eternity. Just saying, hi, Alphans, you know, gonna gonna have a bit of a collision, but it's okay. And here's, here's how it's gonna be okay. Um, this is just kind of, from this point on, it's, it's all so nebulous and tenuous. And unfortunately, that, that problem only increases from here. Main mission. Main mission. This is Koenig. Suspend all operations immediately. Cancel Operation Shockwave. Pull those eagles out of there. And most important... Do nothing until I return. Repeat, nothing until I return. Yes, sir. So now we come to a point in the story which I actually don't hear many people raise at all. We're now at the uh, the sort of meeting table in the commander's office and everyone's like, oh, this old Lara thing, don't buy any of this. But um, here's, here's the thing. I know it's incredible. They all saw the spaceship. Commander, the radiation cloud has cleared now. The readings we are getting are accurate. David has double-checked them with the computer, and the fact is we are going to collide with that planet in less than seven hours. Now, if you know anything about science, as I do, you will know that spaceships do not occur naturally. 
somebody has to actually construct them. Commander, it's an open and shut case. We either make some attempt to save ourselves or we die. Now all the Alphans in main mission saw the spaceship. They all accepted that is a spaceship and the commander has been taken aboard it. I don't know. You don't know. But the idea that he spoke to someone while he was on there... Two constant factors. That is just unbelievable. We survived them all. That is just, you know, you, you don't go aboard a spaceship and expect to talk to people because, you know, people don't exist on spaceships. People don't build spaceships in order to go out into space aboard those spaceships. Spaceships are just apparently this, this thing that just randomly pop into existence. And I find that so infuriating with this. You're beginning to talk like a computer. And now we have this bit with, with Helena and, and Victor sort of pretending to side with, with Koenig, but really they're not. But it's just that... But then the commander's case is not based on reason or fact, but on faith. What is their thought process regarding the origins of the spaceship? But you set up Operation Shockwave. Yes, I did. And now I believe it should be cancelled. They know that people people have to build spaceships, but the idea that there was a person on that spaceship is more than any of them can handle. And it's more than I can handle their response to it. I don't get it. Now there's a brown rug on the floor. Paul. This is an episode for spotting a lot of uh, I have to take over now. technical slip-ups and whatnots. Hallucination, disorient. Yeah, the, the, the Alphans reaction to the spaceship just baffles me. I, I need to understand their thought processes regarding it's going to have to be confined to his quarters. why it's so unbelievable that Koenig would have met someone on the spaceship, regardless of what he says that person tell, told him to do. Six hours and 32 minutes. It's, it's not even mentioned. It's just, you know, absolutely impossible. Security. Security. It's, it doesn't track with, you know, they all saw the spaceship. They just can't get their heads around the idea that there was someone on it. I don't understand. Anyway, I've basically waffled all over there. Um, Operation Shockwave is still on. Uh, Helena has had Koenig knocked out and uh, locked in his quarters by security. Because nobody believes poor old Koenig. And meanwhile, the Alphans have laid their explosive charges to, uh, well, to create their little shockwave. No mention of their poor old uh, orbital satellites. But, uh, aww. Victor stopped to... Uh, to give Kate uh, an affectionate pat on the shoulder, and Kate was a, a prominent character in, well not prominent, but she was in, she was more prominently featured in the second season than she was in the first, played by Sarah Bullen. It's nice that she got a bit of uh, a bit of business there. Activate radiation shields to medium power. Well, quite a few people look like they've got plates of food around now, and looks like there's um, all launch pads. some toast. They might have had some toast. Decompress. Yes, sir. Nuclear charges Ready to detonate. That's it. Paul's got a big magic button to uh, set the charges Your going. have betrayed you, John Koenig. Betrayed. Again, it, it's nice, you know, it's nice that we have Koenig and, and, and Carter against the rest of Alpha, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if she just turned up on the big screen in main mission and said, Hi, guys, so here's the deal. This is what's going to happen. And um, this is why you need to do nothing. We're all on the same page now? Okay, right. Thanks, thanks for helping us out with this. But, no. And, I mean, I am not going to claim to be any master on writing anything by any means. If any of you have heard any of my Terrorhawks episodes, you will know this to be true, that I am not the greatest writer in the universe. But, 
it it gets to the point where you know the story is just it's just kind of broken speaking of broken and this is we're going on to a different subject here from this point on in the episode koenig is escaping from his quarters we seem to have and it's it's there on every single copy of this episode that i have ever seen an extra sound effects track running slightly ahead of the main action you heard it there just as koenig ran towards his door you heard the sound of running footsteps before he even left and you'll hear it not consistently throughout the rest of the episode but there are a few more footsteps before people walk kind of moments um things explode before they actually explode kind of moments and it's just a probably just a uh, a goof in the editing room somewhere that an extra sound effects track got added Dr. Mathias. somewhere but um yeah th did you hear it there that was Alan opening the door before he opened the door with his com lock. And, um... She called. Where is she? Although it's it's 99% likely to be just a, a goof in the editing room, I like it kind of fits with this episode, the ideas of, you know, destiny and, and so on and so forth, that, uh, you know, you're hearing what's going to happen before it happens. I rather like it. Your trigger. It wouldn't work in any other episode, but somehow it really fits here. So, Alan and uh, Koenig have teamed up in their pyjamas. Everyone in main mission is very worried. Particularly... Brunette extra in a yellow sleeve that we've never seen before. She's gonna run. It's too much for her to take. I don't know who she is. I have a feeling she's in one or two more episodes, but... Uh, there it was again. You see that? You heard the sound of Alan throwing the cabinet or whatever it was before he actually did it. It's so strange. Tanya, get away from that button. <gasps> oh, yes. Close and lock main mission doors. That's a line I'd like on a t-shirt. Tanya, get away from that button. Another boom mic? Are you kidding me? Just as Helena and Matthias arrive before all the doors are locked. Where is Just with her people on the planet of Theria. They're waiting for our two worlds to touch. When that happens, they'll be transformed into a higher form of life. Or dead. Oh, Victor's still comforting the uh, the brunette lady. Chance of survival. Operation Shockwave will destroy us unless we wait and do nothing. John. Oh, there's the boom mic. Ah, very slowly worked its way out of shot. But you couldn't deceive Aura. Operation Shockwave will not take place. Then we'll die for certain. I, I admire this show for uh, reducing its main character to uh, pull increasing rapidly now. We must detonate a maniac ranting his in his pajamas on more than one occasion. John, I'm not sure it's perhaps it's healthy for the show, but I, I admire it. You think I'm suffering from radiation sickness, don't you? Both you and Alan. There was a radiation. Ara saved Alan, just as she'll save all of us. Believe in the Church of Ara. The medical facts. Helena, why don't you believe me? And again, it's 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 an odd um, link back to the beginning of the episode where uh, John was worried he's going to lose his man crush, Alan, and now they're sort of psychically linked, both agents of Ara. I don't know if you were the sort of person you could read subtext into these things, you know, these two men, their unrequited love, and now they're bound together for, for reasons of destiny or whatever. Oh, I'm rambling. But this is a kind of rambly kind of episode. We're one minute away from the uh, detonation, Operation Shockwave. 
No word on what that will do to all those satellites they apparently have. And, and it is a sort of bold way to resolve an episode. You know, our heroes, you know, our main character is saying, just do nothing, absolutely nothing. And everyone else is like, no, hang on. If we do nothing, we're going to die. We're all going to die in a minute. Yeah. I'll take my chance a few seconds early. But I, I just don't think this comes off. If you choose. More pre-sound effects there. Of the guy jumping off the main mission balcony. Ooh, even Victor's getting involved in a fight here. And Paul. Oh. Kano's going to rush forward to press the button. Oh, no. He's going to help restrain Koenig. Helena's got the choice. Does she believe Koenig or go for the button? Button wins. But it's too late to do anything. Yep. So, that's that then. The planet now bearing down on Alpha. I love it just filling the screen and everyone's silent. Backing away from the big screen. I'm not sure what they think... Uh, that's going to do for them. Yeah, well, you're a maniac ranting in his pajamas. I, I, I like as well that actually nobody sort of calls Koenig out on the fact that he is hysterical. Um, nobody says anything. And more pre-sound effects. There we go. Explosions before the explosions happened. Very strange, but very fitting. And that's it. The moon has passed through planet Etheria. That's gone. So, whatever was going to happen, evidently happened. And now we've got to put these fires out before it uh, burns anyone's toast. Medical section, prepare to receive casualties. So, I mean, how do you wrap up an episode like this? The... The, block, the plot was so vague and so unusual that you can't really have a sort of... Oh, I don't know. I, I'm really torn about my feelings on this one. And I'm worried that... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm worried that I, I don't enjoy it enough. Right. Totally right. If you don't but on the other hand, I'm also worried that I enjoy it in spite of its flaws. Helena. If you went out to that spaceship and came back with a crazy story like I did, I'd be a fool not to lock you up. The idea of a person being on a spaceship, it's ludicrous. But a planet on a collision course would not collide. would simply touch. Yeah, because ultimately it means nothing. Um, which, you know, I, I can accept a lot of that in this series, but uh, this episode, my goodness, this episode really stretches the... Um, the, the credibility factor. So that was Collision Course, and oh, I want to like it more than I do. It's not a bad episode, it's just one of those episodes I wish I could pick up and give, a sh give it a bit of a shake and see if, if things landed slightly differently, landed in a way that makes more sense, because there's some really good stuff in here, but there's also a lot of stuff that just makes no sense, particularly once Arrow shows up. It's just headache-inducing problems that uh, kind of work against this one throughout quite a bit of it unfortunately. 